This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. What we're talking about here today is unearthing truth, you know, unearthing treasure, which is truth. And it will change your life when you discover the truths that Almighty God has for you. Unearthing truth. And it, it, it's no small matter when you're pursuing the truth. I mean, it's, it's pretty much work. Well, let me share a few thoughts with you along this line in our search for truth. You know, sometimes I question our human logic. Why is it? Now, I have quite a few doctor friends, uh, guys who became doctors while they were a member of our church years ago, and, all, and, and I'm very positive about this, but I don't understand it. Why is it that doctors call what they do practice? It's just like they're going to practice on you so they can work on that person over there. Or I always wonder, you know, there's probably some logical reason Behind, I just don't understand. Why to stop Microsoft Windows do you have to click start to stop it? Uh, why is lemon juice made with artificial flavor and dishwashing liquid is made with real lemons? <laughs> why is a person who invests all your money called a broker? Sounds like someone's going to help you get broke, I suppose, you know. Why is the time of day with the slowest traffic called rush hour? Why isn't there mouse-flavored cat food? I just wonder why they didn't ever make that. Why don't you ever see headlines, psychic wins lottery? <laughs> Mm, they may not be pursuing the truth, I suppose. Why are there Braille labels at some drive-up ATMs? <laughs> you drive up to them? Yeah. Well, so, some of these things, it takes a while thinking about them before they don't make sense. Even worse. Do these things keep you awake at night? No, I think these things up while I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they called apartments when they're all stuck together? You know? Is it truth just because someone says they saw it on TV? No. I've, I've had so many people tell me something. I went, I don't know. Oh, no, it's the truth. I saw it on TV. It's like that makes it true. And now we don't even watch TV, we don't have a TV. But we will pursue some things uh, by ordering or renting a, uh, a video or something along that line. Uh, but just because it's, it's, it's on the news or, or, or something don't mean it's true, does it? No. You think everything that was on our, our news over the last two years, has it all been truth? No. There's so much division amongst everybody, you know. 
Anyhow, these are some things I've been thinking about as I've been thinking about truth. And jumping to conclusions is not nearly as good as digging for facts and digging for truth. Digging for truth is like digging for treasure. You know, it changes your life forever. Genuinely, it does. Um, let's look at uh, John. John chapter 17, verse 17. Make them pure and holy. Now, this is Jesus praying to his Father God, and uh, he is praying this prayer for us, for believers, for followers, for, for disciples. Make them pure and holy by teaching them your words of truth. Make them pure and holy, Father, by teaching them your words of truth, unearthing truth, searching for truth. Papa God, make them pure and holy by teaching them your word of truth, the truth. This is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. <clears throat> he has given us the truth. He really has. Now, <clears throat> which do you belong to? Think about this for a moment. Do you belong to the <clears throat> butterfly family or the bee family? <clears throat> I didn't hear nobody answer. They don't know why you're asking. They don't know why. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, think about it. One of these butterfly family or bee family, one of these died off in October in this past year. And uh, one is warm with its stores of fragrant honey. Bee. I'd rather bee? be a bee. You'd rather be a bee? Well, you think about it, the bees, they're, they're busy, 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 busy bees, and they dig deep. They push everything out of the way. They get down into the very bottom of that flower. They just push it in and kick it in and move and get down there. They're all covered with pollen and stuff like that. They're getting the nectar and the pollen and all. And then they go to the next one and they are work, 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 work. Now the butterflies are just kind of, you know, <laughs> doing a little thing. They're just kind of skimming over the top of the flowers to get a little nectar there, a little nectar there, you know. But they don't really provide the substance for a whole hive. They don't provide that which honeybees right now are still alive and thriving in their hives because they dug deep versus, you know, just kind of skimming across the top. First, uh, uh, chapter 2, Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. And I think just about everybody would like to have God's approval. Mm -hmm. I like God's approval, you know. And he says here, and this is a New Living Translation, it says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and you can receive his approval. Now, the King James Bible, it says, study to show yourself what? Approved unto God. Approved unto God. A workman who needs not to be ashamed, who can rightly divide. And the Amplified Bible says, skillfully use and teach the word of truth. 
Work hard. Let's go through that again. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker. A good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed. You don't need to be ashamed. You know, when winter time comes, you're, you're taken care of down there in the hive, if you would. And, and you're being fed and all your, your clan is being taken care of. You know, be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed. And who correctly explains the word of truth. Hmm. And you want to be one who can correctly explain the word of truth. The truth is what sets us free, is it not? Yes. There's so much power in God's truth. And we'll unearth a little bit of it here today. But you want to pursue the truth. You genuinely do. And he says, be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And you can discover the truth. You can, and you can explain it. If you unearth it, if you do some serious digging to find out what the truth is, because God has made it available unto us all. Now, Myron Boyd said, a half-truth is a very dangerous thing. A half-truth. Especially if you have got hold of the wrong half. Mm. You understand what a half-truth is? Half-truth, half-lie. And how do you figure out which is which? I don't think a half-truth is a good thing. Martin Luther said, peace if possible, but truth at all costs. At all costs, I want the truth. I want peace if at all possible, but I, I want the truth at all costs. That's what he had to say. Let's look at Mark chapter 8. Verse 18 says, You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Well, if you got eyes, you should see the truth. If you got ears, you should hear it. But does everybody who have eyes and ears, do they experience the truth? No. They don't necessarily. And I do like that statement, you know, and I'm not into swearing or anything like that, but I do like the statement that they have had in, in courtrooms where you're going to get up there and you're going to say something. They want to make sure that you're telling the truth so that they have often, and I hope they still do it. I don't know if they do or not, but I hope they do. They, they take the Bible that is truth and they would have people to put their hand on it and then they would ask them a question. Do you swear? Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so help you God? And you go, I do. Are you all familiar with that? Yes. Because the truth was highly esteemed. And, and we highly esteem truth. We don't like to be lied to. You know, how many times have you ever bought something? You know, and you find out that all the writing and all the commercialization about it was a lie. It don't do what it's supposed to do. You know. We don't like lies, but we do like the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16, it says, All scripture. Wait a minute. All. What percentage is all? 100%. All. Scripture. All scripture. Okay. All scripture. Is inspired by God. Inspired by God. The word inspired means God breathed. God breathed, and, and some 
uh, anointed person, some prophet, recorded what God breathed for them to jot down. That's what he's saying here. All scripture is inspired. It's, it's God breathed. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. It's useful. We have a lot of stuff sometimes in your house that's just not useful at all for, for nothing but to create clutter. But he says here, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. The truth. He uses it. To prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The, wor the word of God is the truth. And it does so much for us. It brings about transformation. It builds our faith. It helps us to get to know God better. It teaches us how to pray. And all the things. This is the manufacturer's handbook. And it's 100% the truth. And it helps us function properly. Well, let's look here at Ezekiel chapter 12. Verse 2 says, Son of man, you live among rebels who could see the truth if they wanted to. If they wanted to, they could see the truth. If they wanted to. But they don't want to. They don't want to. And we live in a day where there are some people who they don't want to see the truth. They could hear me if they would listen, but they won't listen because they are rebellious. I don't know. Did anybody see this other than me? That uh, three, three days ago in China, and this came from CBN News. The Christian Broadcasting They Network. sent me this little blurb on, on some news. It said that China uh, is rewriting the Bible, and in their version of the Bible, Jesus is referred to as a sinner. Do you think that's true? No. Just because you want to rewrite something with your perspective, does that make it right? No. It don't make it right at all. It's still a lie. It really is, you know. Um, truth is often eclipsed. You know what an eclipse is? A lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. You know, I mean, if you think about it, an eclipse is kind of like this. You know, let's say that's a fountain of living water. An eclipse hides the water. It's blotted out. But it doesn't extinguish the water, does it? Mm -mm. Yeah. It just hides it. And you know what? Lies, you know, eclipse the truth. But it doesn't extinguish the truth. It really doesn't, you know. Truth in your life can possibly be eclipsed at times. But it can never be extinguished. So what is it that is eclipsing the truth in your personal life? What, what is blocking the truth that you can't see it or you can't hear it? What's blocking the truth in your life? Think about that for a moment. Is there things, you know? I, I can tell you, there's a lot of stuff that tries to block the truth in our lives from time to time, genuinely does. 
Do you want to see the truth? Yes. Three people want to see the truth. That's awesome. Don't you think so? You know? Truth does not cease to exist just because it's blocked or just because it's ignored. Truth does not cease existing. The truth is still there. And that's why I say dig for it. Unearthing the truth. You dig for it like a honeybee digging down in that flower to get all the, the good stuff that he makes honey out of and all. And truth doesn't cease to exist because people try to rewrite it too. That's right. There's a lot of that going on around now too. A lot of people want to rewrite the Bible. They want and to rewrite, rewrite other history things. and all that kinds of stuff. But just that does, does not extinguish the truth. The truth remains nevertheless. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs 15. Verse 14, it says, A wise person is hungry for truth. Hungry. Have you ever been hungry? I'm hungry now. You know, it's 1141. (laughs) Lunchtime is somewhere in the future. Forget lunch. I want breakfast. (laughs) How many of y'all want breakfast? (laughs) Susan makes an awesome southern breakfast. She really does. We actually had two breakfasts yesterday. We had breakfast in the morning, and then we went home last night and had breakfast again. You ever have two breakfasts? Yes. First breakfast is around 7 o'clock. Second breakfast is around 9 o'clock. How about that? (laughs) Then we have third breakfast later today. We wanted to, I suppose. I just wanted to get your your, uh, hunger you know, stirred up and excited for just a moment. The scripture says a person is... A wise person. Yep. Not just a person, but a wise person is hungry for what? For truth. For truth. Are you hungry for the truth? Yes. But the scripture goes on and says... While the fool feeds on trash. Wow. While the fool feeds on trash. Now, if, if you are a fool and you need something to stimulate your appetite, I brought you some trash. I kept it hidden, really, deep in that bag so you wouldn't smell it before you saw it. And this is pretty good stuff here. Did we have this for supper the other night? No, that's Tracker, our dog's food. Oh, this is the dog's food? Yeah. There's a little bit in the bottom. You think I should scrape it out? No, thank you. Well, here's something for human consumption here. This is pretty good. Chick-fil-A. Those are Christians who make this food. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, it looks kind of yucky in the bottom of that cup there. Yeah. This is in the garbage can, of course, right? It's a few days old. Oh, let me see what else is. Ooh. I ain't going to get any deeper than that. But if you guys are hungry for trash, I'll leave it right over here. And you can just help yourself to as much of it. You can even take the trash can if you want it, okay? The Bible says, I'm not making this up. It says, uh, I'll let you read here. A wise person is hungry for truth. Hungry for truth. While the fool feeds on trash. What are you hungry for? Truth. 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 If you don't say truth, it means trash. What are you hungry for? Truth. Truth. That's what I'm hungry for. For truth, you know. So we have a choice between, you know, truth or trash. And the trash, the trash eclipses, it hides the truth. It's genuine. It doesn't extinguish it, but it hides it. So we can't see it. That's just the way it, it is, you know. 
So it's, it's trash, and, and not that kind of trash, but you can find trash right here, can't you? Yes. You, you can find trash on a bigger version of that on your computer. And it can eclipse the truth that God wants you to see and wants you to experience. Is it truth or trash? Think about it. And, and when the eclipse comes, it don't extinguish the truth, but it hides it from you. That's see, a good question to ask what we're seeing and hearing. Is it truth or trash? And let that determine whether we feed on it or not. It's a good idea. Very good idea. Okay, now this next verse, the devil is tempting Jesus. You know, he's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil is tempting Jesus. And uh, Jesus, is, of course, is hungry by this time. And all these stones, a lot of stones where he lived at were, were kind of round. And they were kind of thin stones. Looked kind of like a little loaf of like pita bread or something or another like that. And so here we are reading this in Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 4. But Jesus told them. The devil, the devil was tempting him to turn stone into bread needed. Anytime the devil tempts you to do anything, it's the wrong thing to do. That's for sure. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people need more than bread for their life. <laughs> they need more than bread. Now, I'll tell you what. Let me find, oh, here it is. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> you got to understand why. Well, since last night at the service and this morning at the service, I've taken a bite of this bread. It's gluten-free. It tastes pretty much like styrofoam. Yeah. And it feels like sawdust in your mouth. It's nasty, you know. And I was going to have to take another bite. And I'll, I'll do what i got to do to communicate the gospel to you guys, you know. But uh, we had a couple who made an awesome breakfast for our worship team over in the blue house between the services. And they said, Pastor Ron, we saw what you had to eat. So we, we made you a gluten-free piece of banana bread. So I'm going to suffer and take a bite of this. So people need more than banana bread for their life. They absolutely do. That's not bad. <laughs> I only have one piece. Which is good. I snuck a piece. <laughs> You're sneaking my banana bread? Mm, it's delicious. Mm. I appreciate them so much for making me a piece of banana bread. But you can't live by that alone. You can't, because it's going to be gone before long. Ain't much of it there. And it will not sustain me. It is delicious, <clears throat> but it will not sustain me. And let's read the, the whole passage there. But Jesus told him, he told Satan, no, the scriptures say people need more than bread for their life. Even they need more than banana bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. They must feed on the word of God, not on trash and not even on wonderful banana bread. That will not sustain you, but God's word will. 
you will learn if you didn't have anything to eat, if you went to God's word, you would find out how to pray. That God would grant you the wisdom how to provide for your family, whether it's a job or how to make it or grow it or, or whatever. God's word is truth. This is this here is the manufacturer's handbook. The manufacturer's handbook. And if you want your car to function well, well, you follow the manufacturer's handbook and use the right fuel. Gas for a gas vehicle, diesel for a diesel you know, vehicle, air pressure in your tires, and all the other things. You follow the manufacturer's handbook. God's word says that we must feed on every, oh, what percentage is every? 100%. We must feed on every word of God. Let's look at the book of Job, chapter 23, verse 12. This is in the Amplified Classic version. It says, I have not gone back from the commandment of his lips. I've not gone back. I've not abandoned it. I've not turned away from the commandment of God's lips, his word. I've not gone back from it. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. I have esteemed, I have treasured, I have valued the words of God's mouth. More than my necessary food. Emphasis necessary food. Once you have fasted and, you know, you're going to die if you don't eat something because you, you've been without food for so long and you have a choice between God's word or some food. Now, that seems logical that you would choose food. But if you chose food above God's word, see, God's word will teach you and empower you and answer prayers that will teach you how to. But here he said, I esteem, I treasure the word of God's mouth more important than my necessary, necessary to keep me alive, food. I don't know how much you value God's word, but whatever it is that you need, the manufacturer's handbook, whatever you need, you will find it or you'll find out how to get it in the manufacturer's handbook, which is the truth. It's the Bible. It's God's word. That's just the way it is. Uh, Henry David Thoreau. Thoreau. I've been announced, uh, saying it at home, I've been saying Thoreau, like you throw a ball. And my wife keeps telling me is Thoreau. You know, and I'm, oh yeah, like you throw a ball. And she says, no. So I just want to get the author right here. I think it sounds better, Thoreau. But anyhow, Henry David Thoreau, he said, you hear Siren? We always stop when we hear Siren off in the distance. Might be somebody in need that we know. Papa God, we just ask that you just help those who are in need, whoever they are, whatever they're dealing with, yes. it might be somebody we know. And even if it isn't, we ask that you help them, help those first responders who's going to help others and help them and just draw them all into yourself, we ask. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And we know you can ask and receive from God. There's power in prayer. There, there really is. Anyhow, Henry David Thoreau, 
He said, rather than love, rather than money, rather than fame, give me truth. I thought well, that was commendable. He's a, a, was a wilderness traveler. He, you know, uh, documented all kinds of crazy things in the Allagash, living off the land. He was a great author and all. But he made this statement. He said, rather than love, rather than money, rather than fame, give me truth. He hungered for truth because truth will satisfy. That's the manufacturer's handbook, if you would. Um, Romans chapter 3, it says. Verse 23, for all have sinned. Now, what percentage is all? 100%. That means everyone in this room and everyone watching online and everyone who lives in Connecticut and everyone who lives in New England and everyone who lives in the United States and everyone who lives on planet Earth. That's what it's talking about. It says, for all, 100%. Have sinned. All have sinned. All fall short of God's glorious standard. Hold on just a second. Which one of you guys back there think that you can catch this? You can? Hey, stand up. <laughs> How come you didn't catch fault. it? Because <laughs> it fell short. It's not your fault, that's my fault. But the Bible says, what does it say? Let's read that again. For all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all fall short. And we just demonstrated, and thank you for helping me out there. We demonstrated falling short. We fall short of God's glorious standard. His standard for us is to be Christ-like. His standard for us is to be forgiven. His standard for us is to have our names written in the book of life. He has a fantastic standard, but we all fall short of it. We don't quite reach it to God standard. We don't reach it to heaven. We don't reach it to being Christ's life. That's what he says here. For all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. And there is a, uh, a Jewish proverb and it says, better the ugly truth than a beautiful lie. How many of you would rather believe a lie if it was beautiful than the truth? No. I think we all want the truth. We hunger for the truth. I believe that's us. Let's continue in verse 24. Romans 3:24. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. We're not guilty. Although we fall short from reaching his glorious standard for us, he don't consider that we're guilty. Although we've sinned. Although we've all sinned and fallen short, but he does not because of his gracious kindness, he declares us, you're not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. Jesus has taken away our sin, so we no longer fall short. Hey, I should try that again. 
thinking, catch it this time. There. That's what I'm talking about. And you can have that bag for catching it. <laughs> All right. Oh, the perks that you get from coming to church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. But he says here, let's do that one, one more time. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not, not guilty. guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus who has freed us by taking away our sins. Because he died on the cross to pay for our sins and he's taking our sins away so we're no longer guilty of falling short. You know, we can reach his glorious standard for our life. Absolutely. Verse 25 says, For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins. Yes, he did. And to satisfy God's anger against us. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. And you know what? They, they buried Jesus. You know, and how many days was Jesus buried? Three. Three days, but he was unearthed, if you would, on the third day. He rose again from the dead, and explosive power came from him that raised him from the dead, that explosive power that pardons us and forgives us and changes us and transforms our life. It's available to each and every one of us right now. Truth is, is not so much... Something, truth is someone. And his name happens to be Jesus, to be very, very honest with you. The truth is, is that God loves you. The Bible says God is love. Not that just he, he loves somebody, but he is love. I love the scripture in Romans, I think it's Romans 5. It says that God demonstrated his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. He's not asking us to clean up our act and then we can receive salvation. He died for us while we were still sinners. And he, that's, that was God's way of demonstrating his love. That's us. awesome when you think about it. First John chapter 4, verse 16 says, we know how much God loves us. Do, do you know how much God loves you? I do. I do. Do you know how much God loves you? Yeah. You think about it. You know, let me let me show you something here. <clears throat> you might know what this is. It's a lock. It's a master lock, and it has three tumbler things here that it takes three numbers. It's got numbers on it. It's a combination lock. It takes three numbers to open the lock. And what I want to do here today, I only want one digit from three different people, okay? So if you'd raise your hand, I just need the first number. Seven. Seven, I like seven. That's an awesome number. Seven, I need somebody else. Three. You said three? Yes. You said six? Seven. Yeah, but the lady behind you. That's Betty. Okay, seven, three, six. Is that right? Okay, ready? Wrong number. Let's do it one more time. 
Okay? Somebody? Two. Two. Maybe, maybe it's two because your phone rang two times. I heard that. <laughs> okay, two. One. Two, one, and somebody else? Five. Five. This feels like it might be it. Okay. We could do this all day. We could probably do this until next Sunday. <laughs> you know? Well, if you figure out the three numbers here, that's my password to almost everything. So should I let them know what my password is? The only thing is, it's not just the people here. You're letting everybody who watches it online know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be dangerous. We should oh, well. change my password. What do you think? <laughs> should we tell them what we change it to? No. No. Okay. You, you know, all of my kids, even if they don't know I got a combination lock here, and if you said to my kids, that, what's your dad's combination for his lock? Three even if they don't, six. That's one of my kids right there. That's James. <laughs> this was not planned. Is that true? Yes. It was not planned. He's only been to the 11 o'clock service today. It's 316. So let's see. Now he's going to be the one that's going to have to have, help us change yeah, all of change over. <laughs> that's right. Most people in the other services said 828 because that's his favorite. And that would have been if it wasn't this one. Ta-da. 316. Because I based it on John 3, 16, which we just read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, oh, and you know what? That is the combination to eternal life. John 3, 16 is. But we see that, you know, 3, 16 is truth. It's the true combination for this lock. It is the truth. And it, if you was chained up with it, it would... Set you free. How about that? Thank you. Thank you, James. Awesome. Um, let me see where I'm at. Okay. We're going to read it now. John okay, let's read it. 316 says, For God so loved the world. And, and that's talking about you and me. It's talking about all of us. God so loved all of us. That he gave his only son. And we know who his son is. Jesus. Yeah. So that everyone who believes in him. Now, everyone that's the greatest invitation. It's to everyone. Everyone who will do this, everyone on the planet, that's to everyone. Who believes in him will not perish. But will, will, will not die and go to hell. That's what it's talking about. Will not perish. But have eternal life. Wow. This is the key to eternal life. John 3.16 is the message that's in there. Let's continue on. Verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Have you ever felt like you were being condemned? Yeah. Yes. That was not God. That was not God. God never condemns us. We may, in our ignorance, and our immaturity, we may condemn somebody, but God never condemns us. He wants to pardon us. And forgive us. 
That's what God wants to do. He wants to pardon us. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. To save it. To forgive us. And to save us. To pardon us. There is no judgment awaiting those who trust him. God does not have this horrible judgment awaiting you for those who trust him. Who trust him. Who believe in him. There's no judgment. Because he, he wants to pardon. He wants to forgive you. He wants to write your name in the book of life. He wants you to take you there and spend eternity there with all of his creation one day. Not to condemn us and not to judge us. That's just the truth of it. So, what? Oh, yes. William Law. Unfortunately, so many intelligent people become preoccupied with dates and linguistic problems concerning the Bible that they've uh, not time to seriously consider the Bible's main theme. And this is the Bible's main theme. We just talked about it. God's love for us and, and our loving response to him. That's the main theme of the Bible. Not just debating this and that and this and that. And a lot of people just love to debate it. But the theme is that he loves us he wants to forgive us. He don't want to condemn us or judge. He just wants to pardon us. He wants to write our name in the book of life. And he wants to impact us and, and use our life to make a difference in other people's lives while we are here. That's just the truth of it. And then John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way. Oh, Jesus says, I'm the way. Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus did not say, I, I'm going to simply show you the way. But Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm just going to reveal the truth to you. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. And I remember uh, some missionaries had shared with me one time that they were going to go to this tribe of people way off in the deep parts of Africa and they were trying to find the way there. And they were looking for maps or someone who could explain to them so they could write out how to get there. And finally, one of the native men who lived in that particular tribe, he said, I'm the way. Because the jungles grew so fast and choked out the paths that were there, they would grow up and you could never follow those kinds of paths this guy says, I'm the way. I know the way there, but I am your way to get to that tribe. You stay with me and we'll go there, but I'm the way. And then when the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way. No, I'm just going to show you how to get there. I, I, I take you with me. I am the way. I am the, what does it say? The truth. I am the truth, you know. And he says, I am the life. I am the life. Doesn't simply give us life. He is life. He is eternal life. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That, that's what he's telling us. It's very, very clear. Now, you know, there was a, a fellow once upon a time that was taking a trip with the rest of his family. The rest of his family, it was two batches of the family, was in another car and he was following them. And they're going to have a great time together. And as time 
progressed. He looked away in conversation, and lo and behold, he lost the car he was following. And they didn't have cell phones at this time. So he's following, and he's looking, and he's looking, and he's looking. Probably 10, 15 minutes passed, and whew, he caught up with them, you know. So he followed him, I don't know, an hour, 45 minutes or something or another. You know, and he finally caught up with him. And his family wasn't in that car. Somebody else had the same car that his family had. He'd been following the wrong people. The right car, but the wrong people. Has anybody ever done anything like that? There's a few of us who have. A few of us, I said, who have done things like that. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a path before each person that seems right. There is a path that seems right. There are a lot of false gods that people declare. Well, this is, a, or the wonderful, beautiful oak tree is your God. Fall down and worship it. There's a lots of things in this world that people would tell you, and it seems, that, well, that might be uh, God, or that might, it's, it seems that way. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It seems right, but I'm going to be honest with you. Jesus said, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That, that's what he says. I am it all. And you can't get to heaven unless you travel with me. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the eternal life. That's what I'm talking about, you know. There's a path that seems like it's right. You know, Abraham Lincoln once was trying to make a point, and his hearer was unconvinced, and he was very stubborn. So Lincoln tried another approach. He said to the disruptor, he said, well, let's see now. How many legs does a cow have? And the disgusting reply came back, Four, of course, and Lincoln agreed. That's right. Now, suppose you call the cow's tail a leg. How many legs would a cow have? The opponent replied confidently, why, five, of course, and Lincoln came back. Now, that's where you're wrong, and that's where we disagree. Calling a cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. There's a lot of that going on these days. A lot of people calling people lots of things, and, and there's a, an eclipse of the truth. But just because someone calls it that, I could call you a porcupine. <laughs> Does that mean you're a porcupine? No. No, not at all. There's a way that seems right that ends in, in death, we see. So... Calling a lie the truth does not make it true. And you can be sincere, and you can still be wrong. You can be sincerely wrong, you know. It takes more than sincerity to make it in life. It takes the truth. So let's just read this. John 14, 6 again says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Uh, who, who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus says, I am the way, 
I am the truth, not a lie. I am the life. No one, not one, not, no man, no woman, no anybody, no one can come to the Father in heaven except through me. That's what Jesus said. There's no way to get to heaven except through Jesus. There are some people, and I've talked to a lot of people, and they've told me this, and I asked them about how they're going to get to heaven, and they say, well, when I get to heaven, before I'm allowed in, God's going to weigh my good, bad, my good deeds compared to my bad deeds. And if my good deeds outweigh my bad, I'm in. No. It's not the truth, is it? No. It's not true. It seems true. It seems logical. But it's not true. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father in heaven except through me. There's a lot of people who would argue and debate that, but Jesus said, the only way to get to the Father in heaven, Jesus said, is through me. There's no other way. You know, the truth is not a set of rules and regulations, you know. The truth is a person. His name is Jesus. And he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans chapter 3 verse 4 says, Though everyone else in the world is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say, he will be proved right in what he says, and he will win his case in court. You be patient, and everything in God's word will be proven true one day. And if you reject him, it'll be proven true in a way that you will not be happy with. But if you believe him and you accept Jesus as your savior, he will be proven right. And you'll be glad that you made the right choice. That's just the way it is. You know, in his famous book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, he makes his statement. A man who was merely a man, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. And, and I've heard this so many times. People say, well, I don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, but I believe he was just a good teacher. You ever heard that statement? Yeah. You may have even made that statement before. But see, I can't possibly be accurate. Let me just share with you what C.S. Lewis said. He says, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg. I was going to bring a poached egg so I could eat it during the service, but I forgot about it. Or he would be the devil of hell. You must take, make your choice. Either this was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Who is Jesus? Lord. 
He was the Lord. He says, I'm the only way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one, Jesus said this. You could say, well, he's a really a good teacher. Yeah, real, yeah, he's a nice teacher. He said, the only way to get to heaven is through him. He came to this earth. He died on a cross. He shed his blood. He went to hell for three days. He rose from the dead. You understand the raising from the dead? That's something really, really important. It says in uh, Romans 10, 8 and 9, it says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, just believe. And you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. That's the two ingredients. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was Lord, and you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day, you'll be saved. That has nothing to do with how many works that were good or how many works was bad. I just believe. And, and I believe this wonderful, fantastic, awesome gift. It also says in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. The word became a baby born in a manger. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. And then he tells us in verse 12, and he says, for those who believe in him and receive him, he gives the right to become the children of God. You believe him and you receive him. He's already paid for all your sins. He's already paid. He's not condemning. He's not judging. He just is pardoning. And if you'll believe and you'll receive and you believe it, you know, he, he rose soon that you believe in the Easter message. And see, oh man, forgot my wallet. I left my wallet in my briefcase in another room. I reckon most valuable thing I got in my pocket is my knife. I wanted to illustrate that to you. Do you believe me? Yes. Do I lie to you? No. This is my favorite knife. I mean, it's an awesome knife. It's a one-handed knife. You don't have to even look what you're doing. Put it away the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's very sharp. Be careful with it. I give you my knife. That's pretty amazing. Do you believe me? I do believe you. I don't lie to you. Nope. I'd rather give you some money. <laughs> I'd rather have some money. <laughs> you can sell it back to me later. I'll do that. Okay. For real. For real. Honestly, you're going to see. I give you my favorite knife. Thank you. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. It's awesome. No, I gotta have it. <laughs> Do you believe it? I believe it. She knows. She knows me. You know, and I'm a human. I make mistakes sometimes, but see, when you believe in Jesus, there's something else that's important. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. She received it. Will you show me how to flick it out like you do? Yeah, I'll show you. Let's do it like that. All right. I don't think I'll try it here in front of everybody. Well, this is here so you don't splash nothing on my body. 
Okay. Uh, I'm kind of slow. I have to practice. Yeah, we'll practice at home, okay? How do you close it? How there about that? Woohoo! I received it. But believing it wasn't enough, was it? No. You had to actually take hold of it, take possession of it, and now it's yours for real. Yep. Thank and you. you can sell it back or not, or since you love your husband so much, you could gift it to him sometime <laughs> if you really wanted to. My birthday or Christmas or something or other. Belated Valentine's Day. Belated Valentine's That's what I'm talking about. You are such a wise woman. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you believe that Jesus is Lord. You believe that God raised him from the dead. You believe in Christmas, you know, the message of Christmas. You believe in the message of uh, Easter, the resurrection of Christ and all. But have you received him as your personal Lord and Savior? That's fantastic. But there may be somebody here who has not received him as of yet. Or maybe some people who are watching us online who have not received him. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. Receive the forgiveness and the pardon and have your name written in the book of life with the absolute confidence and the assurance that you'll live with him throughout all eternity. That's the truth of it. So those of you who already have that assurance, would you reaffirm your faith with me? And those who would like to declare their faith for the first time, would you reach out and receive it? Would you pray with me right now? Out loud. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent Jesus. That's why you sent Jesus. And I believe that Jesus gave his life to me. And I believe Jesus gave his life to me. To wash all my sins away. To wash all my sins away. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I open up my heart. And I open up my heart. And I receive Jesus. And I receive Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. Help me, Almighty God. Help me, Almighty God. By the person of your Holy Spirit. By the person of your Holy Spirit. You said your Holy Spirit. You said your Holy Spirit. Would lead and guide me into all truth. Would lead and guide me into all truth. And I want the truth. And I want the truth. Because I believe the truth sets me free. Because I believe the truth sets me free. 